They say you only get out what you put in, and with recipe ingredients, there's no exception. You can always rely on the great taste and quality of Kerrygold Irish Butter. Kerrygold has teamed up with some well-known food experts to feed your imagination. Whether you are baking, brunching, or barbecuing, check out Kerrygold.com for ideas, or follow the how-to videos and recipes at Kerrygold on Instagram. another episode of Hooked, the podcast where we provide you with all the hooks that you could ever need in your role-playing game. I'm your host, Ainsley Weber, with two reliable guests. To my left, we have... Old Maddie. that's right. That is right. Uh, and to the actual right is... Tully Grimley. Tully Grimley. Tully from Dungeon Deep Dive and Matt from Delicious Words Sandwich. Delicious Words Sandwich. Where he eats books. I do love to eat my readable edibles. What was the most recent tasty edible book that you ate? Catch 22. Wow. By Joseph Heller. So you're anticipating that by the time this is released, you have not released another episode? I have no idea when this is going to be released. What is time? I'm also reading Joseph Heller's Closing Time, Treasure Island, Notre Dame. Who knows what I could be reading? Good. Well, look out for all of those episodes that will be coming soon to Delicious Word Sandwich. I think you can safely say that we're awestruck. (laughs) Uh, If you're joining us for the first time, what we do here is we take inspiration from a random Magic the Gathering card and a random word, and we create some plot hooks for you to use in your game. So we do that in the manner of a magic trick. We each present a pledge, and then we'll take turns in turning that pledge into something interesting or or fun to include in your game. And the final step is a prestige, where we turn it into something in a story that you can present to your players. Uh, Before we go any further, last week, I gave Tully the opportunity to ask me a getting to know you question because you're both veteran guests. You both have done these things before. Mm, Matthew, is... do you have a getting to know you question that you would like to ask me? Oh, I'm putting which... you on the spot as everyone always does to me when they're like, yep. I want to answer a getting to know you question, Zane. Ah, delicious vengeance, is it? Mm. This well. is giving way too much responsibility to old Maddie. <laughs> like any good meal, I've come prepared. Pulls out like an ancient scroll of like questions from the dawn of time. I don't no. know what he's doing, narrating. You can actually hear the scroll. <laughs> <laughs> so, Juan getting to know you question. Only Juan? Yes, just one. All right. do. So, Juan Rodriguez question. Hmm. Juan Rodriguez question? <laughs> Who is Juan Rodriguez? <laughs> That is not my question. <laughs> <laughs> my getting to know you question is... Oh, I can hear you trying to use the time that you're speaking to think up a question. This is but a, all of your thoughts are being caught up in, the, in forming the words that have you have to say. This is a classic theatre sports <laughs> bit. It's just... Oh, you want me to ask you a getting to know you <laughs> question. question. A getting to know you question is what you want me to ask. I'll what ask an you interesting a thing to, know you to ask question someone to do. <laughs> and it will be the best getting to know you question. So you've heard this trick before. All right, my getting to know you question is, what is your favorite fantasy book of all time? Mm. 
book or series of books? I'm going to say you can choose your favourite from a series of books, and that has to be your favourite book, but also it can be emblematic of that series. I'm going to say my favourite book is The Mad Ship by Robin Hobb. Mm-hmm. Now, it is the second in a trilogy called, of the, called the Live Ship Traders, which is the second series in a set in a trilogy of trilogies set in the same world. But now there's another fourth. There's a fourth series that is four books that is kind of tacked onto the end of that now. Goodness gracious, this is a fantastical Russian doll. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, so it is about a the culture of a a town, a trading town that has been formed on this rather rather inhospitable coast and they have found these wonderful logs. They they found these cities uh, that are dead and buried underneath mud and excavating them they found what they assumed to be logs of wood that's kind of silvery in colour and they turned them into ships and then after three generations of the same family had died on the ship the ship's masthead came to life and the the ship came to life and they are the only ships that can traverse this very acidic river because they don't rot and this one premise basically forms a whole bunch of political problems because the 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 colonial nation that formed the the town to begin with wants control of it again but the 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 people who are actually doing the mining uh, are very isolationist, etc., etc. And there are dragons involved. I'm not going to oh. spoil anything. Well, I'm sold already. That's amazing. Yes. Start out with Assassin's Apprentice, which is the first book of the first series. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, there is one character that is present in all the books, and that character is my favourite literary character of all time. My goodness. But I can't tell you what their name is because that itself would be a spoiler. Tarnation. All right. What an intriguing hook, you could say. What about you, Tully? Do you um, have a favourite fantasy book? This is one that I I cannot remember for the life of me the name. I've just spent the last, like, uh, your entire thing <laughs> trying to find the name to this book. I can see you doing it. That's why I waffled for so yeah. long. I can't find it anywhere, but if anyone does know, please, please uh, write into the to the podcast. Um, it's uh, an old fantasy, uh, low magic sort of setting, um, and it's about uh, um, lamplighters. It's about these just the, the the boys that went along the streets and lit the lamps, which was some mystical profession. They were essentially, from memory, protectors, but. All I remember from it is it just had the most amazing uh, aesthetic to it. Right. Um, it was one of those books that comes already beautifully bound and looks absolutely gorgeous. And then it just evokes the best sort of... It has a Victorian-era fantasy to it. Right. Not so much steampunk, but the, a similar aesthetic. Mm. Um, I just remember it having a, a great impact on me for a, a good year and a half as I was waiting for the third book to come out. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. What about you, Matthew? Well, 
I grew up with like various kind of fantasy books like the Bartimaeus trilogy and stuff, but I think my favorite, the one that's endured the most, had, well, it was like the original Wizard of Earthsea book by Ursula yeah. K. Le Guin. Yeah. Ursula K. Le Guin's? Mm, yeah. Probably my favorite. Uh, I do love Catherine M. Valente and Robin Hobb or Megan Lindholm. So Ursula K. Le Guin is one of both of theirs. Uh, biggest influences so yeah there you go <laughs> okay I like I've, going to the source I have found the name of the series it is the Monster Blood Tattoo Trilogy okay I'll have to check it out that is a powerful <laughs> name <laughs> and so the, the second book is called Lamplighter the first one is Foundling so it's sort of you know hero's tale over three three books um, but it's just such a beautiful aesthetic maybe because I read it as a teenager too in my formative years but I remember really enjoying it Enjoying it. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Okay, so <clears throat> let's get down to business. Uh, w- don't do it. I was not planning on it. All right, well, good. No bursting into song <laughs> on this podcast. It was so close. <laughs> oh, okay, no. so uh, the, uh, the card that we are taking inspiration from today is called The Kind Slaver. Uh, does anyone want to describe what we're looking at here? Tali? Okay, so what we're looking at here is a beautifully dressed uh, person in um, purple, in a purple garb, brass buttons, um, looking exquisite. But what draws the attention is what they're wearing on their head, which is a sort of brass helmet. Uh, obscures the eyes, has a, a straw to the mouth connected to two canisters, and uh, is full of uh, knobs and gears and mesh. It's yeah, you brass. brought you brought up steampunk. It's very a very steampunky mm-hmm. contraption. It is. So they can't see, or at least you, it doesn't look like they can see or hear, and they're being fed yeah. through uh, mm. through, through a, a tube. tube. Much Hayward wires. <laughs> um, and the random word that we're taking inspiration from today is conglomerate. Conglomerate. So, who has a pledge? All right, I'm going to open up with a radical one. Okay. So. I kind of saw it interpreted in a different way. Like, I didn't see a straw going into his mouth. I kind of saw, like, a little mouthpiece in front of his mouth. Right. And it's kind of like, to me, it looks like a mind control helmet, but I like to think of it more going externally rather than him being controlled. Right. So So it's like the thing in Batman and Robin? Yeah. The Riddler? Yeah, a little bit like the yeah. Riddler. And um, yeah, so he's like a demented Wizard of Oz character. And I think I'm going to work a conglomerate into it. That is when he puts on this hel- helmet, whoever this might be, if he exists, um, he can kind of possess the blood of one race mm-hmm. and can co- control them all as kind of like one hive mind. And hilarity ensues. <laughs> sure. Yes. Hilarity. hilarity. Hilarity is what we're calling it. It is ensuing. Tully. This is a comedy plot hook. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I took it very much traditionally where it is uh, in that it appears to be a, a mind control helmet. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that is very heavily implied if you have a look at the card. Um, the way I'm seeing it though is that this is something that is seen as a bit of an honour. Um, the person who is being controlled here in this setting is very well dressed. Uh, this is somewhat of a novelty. Uh, it's something that is being pitched to the high society as uh, as, a, as a fun game, as a laugh. So kind of like uh, oxygen tents or what? 
I have never heard of oxygen tents. Well, you go in a tent and they pump oxygen in and it makes you all lightheaded. Oh, yeah. It's kind yeah, of yeah. like the the wholesome version of an opium den. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> an opium den for very rich people. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, that's that's where I'm seeing this, is it's a, a hobby for the very, very wealthy. Okay, well, I'm, I'm going to go... I'm going to start with conglomerate and I think... It's going to be a city, or at least what looks like a city, on the horizon. But as people get closer, um, they see that it is just one giant building. Or at least lots of buildings that have been joined together. And everyone who lives here, and it's not very populated, but everyone who lives here, every race, every gender, every age, has one of these things on their head. And it's like they are... They're very polite, and they they are certainly individuals, but they are just they just have this thing in their head. They don't seem to need to see or hear, um, but they do seem to be able to navigate and communicate. And this city has a very strict pass through. You can't stay though, so they might have these passages that lead all the way through underneath the city that people can come in they can rest they can have their food and water but then they can't stay more than one night they need to pass they have through to then pass through yeah. sounds yes. like a cult compound well oh, but city size city size yeah, that's interesting and, and nothing seems to be particularly wrong mm-hmm. it's just they're all wearing these contraptions on their head yes and they seem emotionally kind of nulled. No, they're, no? no they're just people. They're just, they're just people. people. Okay, yeah. so they they're not like what kind cre- of creepily calm or no, not not creepily calm. They're just like oh, we, you know, you're not allowed to stay here. We're not accepting any new citizens at the moment, so you just have to kind of keep going. Through. Okay, okay, okay. I like yeah. it. Yes. All right. So we have uh, the the city and, and of of people. We have. What did you see, Matthew? The, the Wicked Wizard of That's Oz. <laughs> right. We had the Wizard of Oz kind of thing. And we had the Helmet of High Society. <laughs> <laughs> so which one do we want to turn first? I'm interested in this Helmet of High Society. Helmet of High Society. High Society. That's a Louis that was Armstrong beautiful. reference. <laughs> Look, that was that was fantastic. I appreciate it. Um, so the Helmet of High Society is, is something there's not just one but there's probably not many maybe two or three around and there is a group of very wealthy people as we've mentioned who like to use these as a as a bit of a laugh uh, to control their their friends to do crazy things you know like go and speak to the commoners um and what the commoners of the town the peasants the people passing through the adventurers perhaps notice is these people have some very strange mannerisms that they all happen to share um, just turns of phrase, maybe the way that they fidget with a ring or um, adjust their collar. It just seems eerily similar. They're all distinct people, but they are, they've ad- been around e- each other so long, I guess, that they've adopted very, very similar mannerisms. Um, perhaps strangely so. Right, mm-hmm. so the person wearing the helmet, are they doing the controlling of other people? Or the other people controlling the person wearing the helmet? They're the ones being controlled. And I should I should put this there. This isn't something that they're constantly wearing. This is something that when they get together to yeah, have so fun... Yeah, it, so it, this is a party game. Okay, yeah, so it's a party a, game, yeah. This is a party hat. You, you put the helmet on <laughs> and see what, what, 
what funny things your friends have made you do when you take it off again. Exactly. See what hilarious situation you find yourself in. Hilarity um, ensues. Hilarity ensues. <laughs> but there's like kind of like a memory echo after the fact, like yeah. after they take like, on the Oh, helmet. I did that? <laughs> yeah. But like um, after they've taken off the helmet, suddenly they're finding this people who have been subjected to this hilarious kind of pastime they're finding similarities with other people and unintentionally yeah it's this this group of people are just all getting very similar speaking the same they've got these these in jokes that they seem to all think are absolutely incredible Uh, they're even starting to dress the same oh my goodness all right Okay, so what are we calling? Are we calling it the Helmet of High Society? I think I like the Helmet of High Society. Sure. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, well, let's go over to the Wicked... The, the Wicked Wizard of Oz, code name. Sure. I'm always pop culture reference on this mm, show. I've but, noticed. Yeah, there we go. That, that's all <laughs> muddy. <laughs> I read too much. Um, so, yes, my turn. Yes, that's <laughs> right. How, how are you going to turn it? <laughs> so we've got, we've got uh, uh, Wizard... Who, from time to time, I like to think that he originally designed this kind of helmet to tap into the blood of kind of species and race, just to keep them in line, you know? You know, just control them, conglomerates, balance. Just, you know, he just wanted total control over an entire race of people. Yeah. Like, it was a fun... It's a fun laugh. So, so, at first, so I like to think at first he doesn't have that much power because you know it's just one guy, one wizard with one helmet, so he can kind of like imbue an intent into a race. Like, say, Dragonborn's getting a bit riled up on the dwarven border; they're gonna invade. He's just like, maybe don't invade, and they're like, all right, maybe we don't invade. <laughs> <laughs> the Dragonborn are famously Scottish. Yes. My first D&D campaign ever, I played with my friend who was a Dragonborn and he went immediately Scottish. So <laughs> in my head, that's what they always are. Um, but I, I think in my turn, the intent is kind of like a seed of an idea that he plants and it's growing way faster than he expects. And now suddenly like not invading is complete 180. We must flee and then defend ourselves so aggressively that right, we, yeah. we are now like completely isolation as hostile like race and now everything's out of balance. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So mm. so uh, the this this seed of an idea that kind of embeds itself. So you're basically inceptioning mm. an entire race. Yes. And that has somehow got out of hand. <laughs> Who could have <laughs> seen this unseen <laughs> calamity? <laughs> okay. It's because he can't see through the helmet. So, um, oh, I get that. <laughs> you use C in the literal sense and C in the metaphorical sense. I yeah, did, I did. In the That's a little. We call that a pun. Some some of us would call it a literary joke. We do that all the time on Delicious Words. Yeah, good. Uh, okay, so, is, sorry, is that how you pronounce sandwich? What sandwich? <laughs> okay, so mine. Which is the, the the city that you can't stay in? Uh, I'm car. Where where? What do you want to know about this? Give me. Well, I'd love to know what if the name you've, is. If you've walked in, okay. Well, I'm going to call it City Mind. Like they're just saying City Mind. You can't right. stay in City Mind. All right. So old Maddie's walked into City Mind, and he's and you've stay. and you've said you're welcome to stay here. You can sleep the night, but mm. you can't stay more than one night. Have some food, have some water. Give us your gold, and and keep on your way, traveler. So as I'm slurping my delicious sloop, soup, soup, mm. 
Why can't I stay the night? It's like I'm there. More than one night, I should say. More than one night is my first question. Well, Why City can- Mind doesn't allow it. City well, Mind doesn't take, isn't taking new citizens, so you ha- travels have to keep going through. Well, so, say that uh, old Maddie's travelling companion <laughs> um, has um, has found himself in the possession of one of these helmets, perhaps through some untoward means. Uh, we don't need to go into that. Okay, so what you're saying is that a party has gone like, you can't tell us what to do, killed someone and taken the helmet off. I mean, that yeah. doesn't sound like any party I've ever, I've ever known. Okay, no. so, <laughs> okay, so I think, I think what happens is, um, you 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 kill you kill the person, um, and then someone another traveler or whatever just kind of looks at you and goes, don't take it off, don't take it off. Don't do it. Just keep okay. moving. Just don't move it. And I think if you travel with this person, because um, they'll they'll ask you to go out. There's no repercussions from come from killing the person. <laughs> um, they'll say, "Look, you, you can't do that. You just just please leave." No, yeah, they're not controlled. They're just feeding into the city mind, and the city mind doesn't like new people. Uh, and I, so I think so as you leave you're gonna see uh, just a flying unimaginable ship that looks like it looks like four sailing ships joined together at their respective mast and it just is approaching the city and it's just blaring something in a language that you don't understand oh, no. and the city mind speaks back shortly in a language in the same language and then it opens fire and then the city mind just shoots one beam of light and it disintegrates oh my what and that's the turn <laughs> what just happened <laughs> I feel like I just watched close encounters on steroids <laughs> yeah so I, I think I think what it is is you pass through and you're curious and you're warned against it and then you exit the city the city and you're out of danger and then you just see that you've just passed through something that is so mind-bogglingly above your pay grade. Yeah. That is the turn. That's that's the the city mind. Okay. (laughs) God, I'm looking forward to the prestige. (laughs) But wait, there's more. Okay, well, uh, I want to go back to uh, the Dragonborn, I think. Yes. We, we've got this helmet that's incepted a race. Races, yeah. Um, mm. And now they are just running rampant with... Yeah, they've they've just gone... They've just taken an idea. They've run with it. So it's become like the idea that's foremost in their culture. Yeah, yeah. Is it, it is it happening like overnight or is it like a maybe like a generational thing? Or? I would say it's a generational thing. So he started off and it was just a simple idea. Let's not invade the dwarves. And then that idea kind of expounded. So it just became from, it went from like good advice to obsession over like, let's say three generations. Yeah. And then suddenly this is the Dragonborn culture and no one, it's rapid in the terms of the history of the world, but slow from, for a Dragonborn's perspective. Yeah. Like it's very natural to them, but it's like an obsessive idea and there's, yeah. So what's the prestige? How are you including in your game? How are you turning this into a, a plot hook? Well, like with anyone who tries to fix it, who makes a mistake, you do the same thing trying to fix it. So our, our wicked wizard of Oz, 
decides, all right. I, I need to find me a Dorothy. Yeah, I need to find a Dorothy. So you get, let's say you get given an idea. So he, so, so one of your one of your party, maybe an elf or maybe you've got, not a dragonborn because they've already got their own problem. <laughs> let's say a dwarf, um, they get an idea. It's like, we need to go to this magical woodland and find this tower. And then you enter and then you're given a quest by our wicked wizard of Oz. And he's like, you've got to convince the dragonborn to... Really calm down. Calm down that the dwarves aren't gonna hurt them. And that's why that's why you pick a dwarf. Haha! It all comes full <laughs> circle. So And do you get given one of these helmets? You do. And it becomes uh, Dungeons and Dragons Inception. <laughs> <laughs> this couldn't possibly go wrong. Okay, so did we did we come up with a name? No. Well, you should do that now oh, because okay. this is the last time you get to do it. Cool. Let's say I'm thinking. Are you naming I'm, the Mr. Wizard? Are sandwich. you naming the the helmet? Are you naming the the Dragonborn? I would like to. I think I'm going to name the helmet or the operation, the utility of the helmet. So sure. I'm going to say. Oh dear, I'm having a massive blank here, my friends. Come, somebody help me! <laughs> and oops. No. <laughs> <laughs> let's move on and we'll come back to you yeah, we'll at come the back end. to me. Um, all right, well, let's go to Helmet High Society. Yes, so this group, as a lark, they put this helmet on, they control each other, hilarity ensues, ha ha ha. Uh-huh. They all start dressing the same, have the same inflections, start moving in a similar way. And where are we turning this? Uh, where 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 are we prestiging this into a game? Where we're prestiging this is that upon ingratiating themselves into into the high society, whether by performing a task or by potentially uh, bluffing their way in, or perhaps just being straight up rich enough to to fly in the same circles. Yeah. Um, these members of of the high society they they cannot wait to get rid of this helmet. To, they they've come to you and said, take this, take it far away from here. We do not want to see it ever again. Um, but don't to destroy it. Speaking oddly, <laughs> oddly in unison. Yeah. And um, what you discover is that overuse has uh, has meant that these these people have broken down all barriers oh, no, between them. Hive mind. As, they have created a high society hive mind. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Where they just cannot escape each other. They are constantly hearing these in jokes and quips, and they are just <laughs> they're all a fraternity. together. They're fr- fraternity. <laughs> and so the only solution for them and for the world at large is to slay the bourgeoisie. Exactly. Um, but what you get out of this, <laughs> upon ingratiating yourselves with these these people, is. Um, helmet of high society, something that you can use to uh, control others or eventually talk to each other across long distances. Of course, you will then use it and you will become a hive mind. Exactly. <laughs> and you will table talk. <laughs> and <laughs> All right. Okay. Interesting. Okay. So let's, so that's helmet of high society. Have you got a name yet, Matthew? I think I've got one. I want to call it the, I want to call it the fractured rapture. Fractured Rapture. That's what the wizard calls his quest because he's enraptured a race with an idea and he's like, I want to fix this because it's 
fractured. And by saving them from their madness, it's a rapture. I feel like this wizard has really overthought this. Oh yeah, he's yeah, he's bananas, and he thinks he's he just the bees reads too knees. many books. Yeah, <laughs> the wizard's me. Everybody, call them all, Matty. <laughs> all right, okay. So with the city mind, um, as soon as this kind of uh, face-off has happened, and you've been witness to it, um, and everyone's feeling well out of their depth, um, I think. So we've got a setting. We've got mm-hmm. the city that you've passed through. We've got these two big forces that you've just seen face off against each other. Mm. I think what happens now is a group of people from the city mind come to talk to you, and they say that they they say that uh, the city mind would like you to go to the wreckage and salvage what you can and bring it to the city mind, and they will reward you. They'll give you gold and etc. 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 And so. Either you do it or you don't. Mm-hmm. But if you do, of course, you're going to become the servant to the city mind. And yep. so they'll, the city mind will sell, send you out on adventures and they become the quest giver. And I guess over time you realise that the city mind is actually the remnants of like a wizard tower that has achieved sentience and just oh. kind of conglomerated with the whole city and is now trying to escape the bounds of gravity. <laughs> and, and so it, it has these these giant, uh, like other wizards in their contraptions coming to steal its treasure and what have you, that it has been accumulating and that the wizard has, has accumulated. But yeah, so he becomes a quest giver. And then I guess you could turn that into the ultimate dungeon, like mm. a sentient dungeon. Well, also, if, if this is a an all-powerful... Wizard's Tower. It's not all powerful. Well, not all it's, powerful, it, but incredibly powerful. Yeah, yeah. Um, does that? It's just like Red Queen from uh, Resident Evil. Uh, mm. uh, yeah. Okay. But I, I was just thinking, if they, if it's seeking to escape the bounds of of gravity, why not seeking to escape the the bounds of time? Gives well, you yeah. an excuse to start <laughs> playing with uh, the timeline a little bit. And I think, like within, mm. yeah. So, so I think that it, that's its goal. Um, is that it's a it's a sentient city, uh, and so you have to decide whether or not you're on its side or not. Yeah. And if you take it on, I think it would be pretty wicked if it like because its its ultimate goal is to escape the bounds of gravity and like to lift the whole city. But yeah. you know, every great Apollo launch had a test run. So the <laughs> wizard, if you find like the oh. ancient wizard's tower itself, maybe that like its final failsafe if you're about to like you know take it out. It takes off, and you got to, you have like a fight, and then it, and then it, and then it lands on another planet. And you have to get to the other planet before it takes over. Oh, I don't think I've ever listened to a D and D campaign that's had a, a large stone structure flying. I don't know into what you're space. talking about. Matthew suggested it. <laughs> Whoopsie Daisy. Okay, um, so that that is the city mind. We had the fractured rapture, and we have the helm of high society. Could I add like a little post note on mine, if you must, with with our Dorothy, because they've had an idea incepted at first to save the Dragonborn. Mm-hmm. At first, it's a very simple kind of idea, but that will also over time become an obsession. So that's something for your players to have to deal with later. Lucky them. I Lucky love our dwarven them. Dorothy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, if you want to use that idea, those ideas in any of your games, feel free to. You are free to do so. Uh, 
However, if you want to uh, sell it or, you know, change any of the ideas that we've used in here in any way, uh, you just get in contact with us first because, of course, we're produced under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 4.0 International License, etc. That's exactly what it is. So that was, a, that was a fun thing to read. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's a it's a fun thing to read every episode. Um, also, if you have any art that you would like us to use, rather than a Magic the Gathering card, feel free to reach out to us on social media. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, on Twitter, or on Instagram. You can also send us an email at hooked.podcast at gmail.com. So thank you again to Tully from Dungeon Deep Dive. Thank you for having me. Check out Dungeon Deep Dive at uh, at deep at deep dive TNC. Sorry. Oh God. At Dungeon Deep Dive on any of the socials or deepdivetnc at gmail.com. Very well done. <laughs> and thank you again to Matthew from Delicious Word Sandwich. Grazie. Thank you very much. Eat your books, everybody. Mm, okay. Uh, <laughs> and until next time, keep playing games. <laughs> Bye. What's better than a rotating cast of hosts? Oh, I don't know. Maybe the obscure sport ferret legging where people put ferrets down their pants. Or Graham, the 52 hertz whale, the loneliest whale in the world. How about everyone's favourite Christian radio program, Ranger Bill? Whoa, who the hell this? are you? Who the, what are you doing here? I came prepared with a 45-minute lecture on international humanitarian okay, law. Where do people keep coming all from? All these people oh, are, you know... Where? Uh, we host now. Yeah, oh, we're, oh. We're, we're the new hosts. Of what? Of unfeatured articles, everyone's favourite Wikipedia-based podcast where we dive into the depths of Wikipedia to find articles that aren't necessarily featured. Oh. Uh, check us out everywhere you check out podcasts. It's free. Podcasts are free. iTunes and Spotify and Stitcher and other things. Love you. Thanks, kids. Bye. Hi there. We've got good news. Are you listening to more music? Watching more Netflix or spending more on online shopping? Join MediaOpinionsIreland.ie, fill in our simple surveys about what you watch and listen to, and we'll reward you with one for all vouchers. Go to www.MediaOpinionsIreland.ie to join. We're all beginning to get back to business, so it's time to let customers know. OnPost Commerce is here to help you get through. And nothing gets through to your customers like direct mail. We put your message directly into their hands and their homes. Targeting key areas in your locality. Delivered by a familiar face that you can trust. See how effective direct mail can be for your business at onpost.com forward slash commerce. OnPost Commerce. For your world. Terms and conditions apply.